Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. Welcome to the show. I have a stone in my shoe. You know the expression, a stone in your shoe? Well, I have a stone in my shoe because about once every two weeks, somebody else gets their chest sawed open and goes into a major reconstructive heart surgery. Yeah, it's about once every two weeks. And sometimes these people are even under my care, but they don't listen. And what they're not listening to is the signs and the symptoms long before they're told they need the surgery. Part of the problem for people who are are ultimately going to get bypass surgeries, reconstructive surgeries, because their coronary arteries are filled with plaque, and that's very dangerous because if occlusion is over 90%, at any time you could have a massive heart attack. And often you got three or four coronary arteries all at the same time over 80, 90%. And of course, most people say, well, I didn't know this was happening. My blood work from Kaiser, even my cardiologist said I was fine. And this is why I have a stone in my shoe. Because while we're always talking about cutting out the bad fats and keeping the cholesterol down, heart disease is still the number one killer in America. Soon to be outgassed, outpassed, outbid by cancer. But whether it's number one or number two, who cares? What's the difference? We're all running around screaming and hiding because of covid And the exaggerated scam of it. I say exaggerated, right? Heart disease is real. We get six, seven, eight hundred thousand deaths a year. All of those could have been prevented. Maybe we ought to outlaw food. That seems logical. But the point is this. Lots of people get heart disease. And of course, I have a stone in my shoe. So let me get the stone out of my shoe. Number one, if you're over 60 and anybody's got any concern about heart disease, make sure you get the coronary calcium CT scan. Now, I see lots of people that are on their way to bypass surgery Yet told, no, we're not doing that. There's no reason. Change your cardiologist or your internist or your gatekeeper or your health care plan. Or if you feel victimized because you can't get somebody to okay it, go buy it yourself. 
forget your insurance. Yeah, you might spend a thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars. Skip the vacation, get the diagnostic test. Didn't we all just get a check for fourteen hundred? So there's number one. Then there are these isotope tests that they do, meaning they tag your blood so they can see your blood move through the coronary arteries and then you get on a treadmill of sorts and they watch under stress this dye go through your coronary arteries and when they can see that in the heart the blood flow gets decreased, squeezed, they know there's blockage. There's another pretty easy one. And of course, there's the angiogram where they stick a camera up there and take a peek. Now, of course, nobody's going to do an angiogram until you're dead. That's genius, isn't it? Here we have this test that really is definitive. It's the gold standard, as they say, but you're not allowed to get it until you're dead. So, in other words, in reality, I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek here. If, in fact, you're sitting at your desk and you get up and all of a sudden you keel over and puke, your face is white or blue, you're clutching your chest, you're screaming in pain, your wife is having a heart attack secondary to your heart attack, and you call 911 and you get rushed to ER, well, they'll do an angiogram. That's about the only time you get it. And one of the reasons that the cardiologists often use is that it's risky. And cost-benefit, unless you're dying, there's no reason to do the test so that we can make sure in six months to a year to two you're not dead. In other words, it's only in an acute care crisis situation or just before surgery are you going to get this because there is a tiny risk of a stroke. I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens over the years of people get angiograms for all the reasons I just described. I've never seen one stroke. And if you have this little stroke, you're there under care. You're observed. So they dissolve it fast enough anyway. So you see, because of what? Because of paperwork and bureaucracy, you never get the angiogram. But here's the good news. You can tell when it's coming long before you get an angiogram, even under the current limited liability, cover your A system. And that's what we call what I just said, the coronary calcium CT scan, and then any one of these sort of duplex scans, well, I should say any one of these isotopic scans where they can follow blood flow. Get in there with your cardiologist, bust his chops, and get these tests. That's what you do. What you're going to find is you got plaque. 40%, 50%, 60% occlusion. And while I'm on the subject, let me remind you of this little corollary. The carotid ultrasound. Now, you know about the carotid ultrasound because you can get an ultrasound screening at the local mall. You can go down to the shopping center and have somebody do that. We give these out like candy. And the only problem is, as wonderful as that is, is we don't interpret them correctly. 
In other words, if you're 60 or 70 years old and you get a carotid scan and you've got moderate plaque, that might be as much as 50%. And the guy will say, or whoever reads it, if you're lucky to have someone read it that's intelligent, they'll tell you you're fine. It's normal. You see, you got to understand the scam of the word normal. Normal is where your status is compared to everybody else. So if everybody in the class has an IQ of 80, well, then your IQ is average. It's an 80. But you see, that hides reality. Reality is, is if your IQ is 60 or 70 or 80, you're going to have a tougher time figuring stuff out relative to the challenges of the world. And bottom line is, a culture that doesn't observe that, doesn't respect that, interpret it accordingly, really screws things up. So one example of this is you've got, at age 70, about 50 to 60% occlusion in each internal carotid artery, right and left, because this scan kind of figured it out. The problem when that's reality, is that that 60% is going to be 80 or 90% over 10 to 12, even less years. So by the time you're 75 or 80, now you're up at 80, 90% blockage in the carotids. I'm telling you for a fact, I know people like this who have no idea of the implication. Because to them, and this is God's grace, they're just about like they've always been. Hey, Charlie, you got 75% occlusion in the right carotid artery. You see, God is friendly. So you may have one artery that's really pretty blocked up, but it doesn't matter because the brain is smart. It feeds itself lots of blood. It gives itself a surplus. So over the years, you can function fairly well. And since everybody in America, as they age, gets demented anyway, it's okay that you have one of those arteries plaqued. You'll not even notice it because you're comparing yourself to your friends. So is your doctor and everybody's half senile for one reason or the other. And that is the truth. And that is the travesty. And that is why I have a stone in my shoe. Now here's the killer. If you on a carotid ultrasound have plaque up there in one of those arteries, why aren't we blowing the whistle for the coronaries? If you got it in the neck, you're going to have it in the heart. And yes, there are 25 medical bimbos right now standing up going, studies don't support that. There's no real correlation or proportional relationship between plaque in the, in the neck and plaque in the heart. So you can't say that. That's really dumb. Really, really dumb. Medicine's about clues. Clues. C-L-U-E. Medicine's about clues. And if you do good journalistic, good investigation, good medical diagnostics, if you have plaque in one artery greater than 50%, start looking southbound into the coronary arteries. That's a reason to do so. And then be wrong about it. I pray, and so do you, that yes, it's just up there in the neck, and the authorities were correct, and so you have nothing to think about.
but do it that way. Don't do it the other way. And the other way, of course, is why I have a stone in my shoe. So I have a stone in my shoe on three levels of diagnostics. Now, of course, all this comes down to the moment where you do find out you've got some serious occlusion. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if, unfortunately, it's imminent, it's dangerous? Well, then you have danger. And danger means in this context that when the widow maker, the left anterior descending coronary artery or the circumflex or the right coronary artery or any one of these arteries there that feed the heart specifically are 90% plaqued, you have a dangerous situation there. Especially the left anterior descending because that feeds the left ventricle, which pumps out the blood with greatest force. And so it at any time can demand a lot of blood because you decide on the weekend to jog up the hill. And because of that, we call it the widow maker. It's usually the one that when it plugs, it causes the massive heart attack. And so you're in a situation like that. Much surprise to you. Because you go to your Kaiser every six months, and they do all the testing, and they remind you to get on those statin drugs, and they tell you, you know, your cholesterol's too high, and you get all this fluff, all this nonsense, ca- all this nonsense counsel that makes pharmaco a ton of dough. I don't want to get into the statins. I don't have a stone in my shoe. I have a boulder in my shoe about the statins. But let's leave that alone. Let's just stick to you're told you have greater than 90% occlusion and you need the big one, the Bill Clinton, the Bill Clinton surgery, the Charlie Rose surgery, the surgery you really don't want. You get your chest sawed open because it's going to be tough to ever be the same after that. Not that I would ever stand in the way of God's grace. So if it's you... Hang in there, work hard. There's a lot of people that are going to do a lot worse because they had that plaque and they didn't get the surgery and they weren't going to change their lifestyle and they're dead. So you're not doing too badly compared to that, but I hope you do the best you can. The point is, if there were another way around this surgery, wouldn't you want to take it? Now, this is where the holistic bimbos all come in. Because they all have solutions, and they're certain they can do it. Well, i got to tell you something. For every person that tries to melt plaque, a thousand fail. So let me start right from the beginning. This thing about, well, take magnesium, and then there's sodium thiosulfate, and then there's this, and then there's that, and you'll melt your plaque, and you don't need to get that surgery. Let me say this. While you're trying to figure out whether you even have the gumption to do this, okay, is a risk and that is one day you're late for work and you're running up the stairs and guess what all that plaque busting mentality of yours doesn't mean anything when you're out of breath up the stairs and your boss is waiting with an ugly look on his face because you're 15 minutes late you're killed over and half dead having a massive heart attack while you took the stairs instead of the crowded elevator and that is reality my friends let me give it to you straight If you have these high occlusions, 
you're risking your life. Because if you're driving out to the countryside, if you're going to some friend in Temecula from Los Angeles and it's in the middle of nowhere and you turn white, start sweating, vomit up your breakfast or lunch, pull over, guess what? No one's going to stop. And that's the truth. No one's going to stop. You're lucky if anybody stops, especially today, because you know what we're all been taught to socially distance. And that includes watching people die in the street. I kid you not, my friends. What, you want the names, addresses, and phone numbers? You want the personal stories? I could give them to you if you want. I hear a lot of stuff. I got this little clinic over here in Costa Mesa. I run a lot through this office and hear a lot of things. So you don't want to risk this. So what do you do? Well, understandably, a lot of people know they're not going to do the right thing. They're not going to work hard enough. They're not going to make it happen. They know all this holistic mumbo jumbo. Yes, it can be done. Just take magnesium and reverse or lower your fats. Cut out a few egg dishes a week. This kind of nonsense, it doesn't cut it. And you're a ticking time bomb. And so a lot of people get these surgeries. It's terrible. It's why I have a stone in my shoe. Now, the next angle on this is as follows. Suppose you did, in fact, not want to do the surgery because you knew you, it didn't work so well for Bill Clinton and Charlie Rose. Yes, they're alive, but there is a lot of loss of function just the heart-lung machine messes your brain up forever. Just the machine they put you on. They have to deflate the lungs when they do a surgery like this. So how do you get air? And there's this whole process. I won't get into it. But bottom line is to save your life as far as they're concerned means it's okay that maybe you're going to have these mini emboli, emboli during a six-hour surgery or three-hour surgery or whatever it is on, the, on this machine. Your brain just doesn't work the same. You will age drastically. You don't ever feel like you used to, but at least you're alive, and that may be more than enough for a lot of people, so don't knock it. It's better than being dead. But let's just say, in fact, you don't want to do this surgery. And you're up there, and that surgery's coming. Could you melt the plaque? Could you? Well, the answer is yes. But you've got to deal with, while you're on your way to melting the plaque, what about that heart attack you might get? And while your heroic efforts could be rewarded, if you had two, three, four years, this is an imminent issue. You have to know that. So one of the things I tell people is make sure you're a cardiologist gets you nitroglycerin. Make sure your cardiologist gets you nitroglycerin. Why? Because if you're at a reasonable level of occlusion and your cardiologist, and they will do this, will tell you, they will do this. Your cardiologist will tell you, listen, 
you're going to need a surgery. You don't have to do it tomorrow, but within a year or two, and we should monitor this. They will tell you you can wait. There is, if diagnostics is like I suggested it would be, a waiting phase, a latency stage. You will get cardiological approval. You didn't hear it from me. Your cardiologist will tell you, yes, I'm not comfortable, but you could wait a year or two. Get to work, my friend. Get to work. And one way... One thing you must do is get nitroglycerin, and they don't ever give it to you. So I have another stone in my shoe. They'll give it to you if you rush to ER with angina, which means the more peripheral arteries of the heart are really blocked. They'll give it to you. But outside of screaming painful angina and a cardiologist that thinks a little bit, They won't give it to you. Ask them for it. So the scenario for you, John Q. Public, in which you're going to maybe attempt to do something to prevent a major chest saw, cut it open, regenerative surgery for the heart, a serious bypass, triple, quadruple. One thing you could do is say, Great, I got a year, Mr. MD, I got a year, you agree. Give me the nitroglycerin, let me get to work. Then what do you do? Get to my website, straighttalk.cc. That's two C's. And I'll throw it on the back of a Harvard-trained cardiologist named Dr. Esselstyn, Caldwell Esselstyn. Caldwell B. Esselstyn. Look at his thing, Prevent in Reverse Heart Disease. Prevent in Reverse the Heart Disease Cookbook. Now, you could do what I just told you. Well, half of it on a Google search, but this is what you don't well. Caldwell, who can definitely prevent heart disease. That is not, if you have plaque and you do the right thing, you're definitely, you can definitely stop progression. Caldwell has a book and a cookbook and a clinic, and he will definitely stop progression. But he has been called to show real testimony with documentation that he has melted plaque, reversed it. You have 90%, you get it down to 30%. And this is where he's come up short. Yeah, do the search yourself. Any of you that have been to his clinic, gotten all the rah-rah on how to prevent Heart disease. It's all valid, but reversing it? And where do people get concerned when it's time to reverse it? Nobody cares about preventing it. We all care about doing what we want to do until we're about to croak, and then our wife yells at us, and we decide to get healthy. That's reality, guys. We wait until crisis. It's our nature. We love the suspense. We love to face death and have the chance of overcoming it. It's why we're homo sapien. Whatever you want to call it, I'm telling you, that's what 99% of people do. They wait till they're good and sick and on the verge. Well, here's the good news. You can reverse plaque. I put two studies. I put two peer-reviewed journals 
on how this really does happen. Here's the biggest problem. It's usually in animals. Animal studies. Rabbits. We don't have enough people studies. You can scan the literature. You can go into the underground. You can join all the cardiac plaque reversal health clubs. And what you're going to find is a shortage of literature. But it will be everywhere for animals. So I put two great articles on straighttalk.cc. Perhaps I'm going to do part two next week. I did that with diabetes. You guys like that. I'm going to do part two next week and get into these studies because you have to understand the caveats of melting plaque. But you can do it. Animals do it. And of course, egghead doctors, slaves to the pharmaceutical industry, are only interested if they can come up with a drug that might melt plaque. And since that would mean the collapse of an industry, I don't know if we're going to find one. Well, why do I say that? Because I can tell you right now for a fact that the National Institute of Health doesn't give anybody any money to look. And doctors who are smart enough to figure this out need to get well paid. Well paid. You're not going to get rid of a million dollar a year practice. I mean a million in your pocket to make nothing or fund a study with your own money when the NIH is handing out billions for all sorts of nonsense. So on that basis, we don't have a lot of funding into putting people in controlled studies, making them do what the animals do. And next week, you're going to find out what I really mean. Because they're right. People and animals are not the same thing. They should be, but they're not. And the reason is we have these big, fat, false egos. And they prevent us from optimizing human potential, ironically. Till next week, my friends, I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. If you're lost in the labyrinth of health, which you certainly are, make the appointment, spend the dough, and get on the right track. It's worth a thousand times your investment. 714-850-1007. We'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.